We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome in to another episode. The last, I don't know, the last hurrah to some maybe, degree. Maybe, maybe ever. I might quit. Ever? Is this true? Are you are you contract negotiations here with, with Dawson? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not happy with management. Uh, I got slighted at the Final Four. I wasn't invited to work on the, the last show. So I, you know, I don't know. Maybe this is the last episode ever. We felt like... You had worked enough in the three-on-three that you would be burnt out by the end of it, and there's no way you'd come by on Monday. Honestly, I don't think I could have – I couldn't have talked. My voice was destroyed from from three straight days of 12 hours of being on TV. So that's probably – you guys made a a wise play, but, you know, I don't know. We'll, We'll see. Negotiations will be will be staunch. Yeah, I'm, listen, I'm under the same negotiations with Duster, so don't worry. I, I might quit too. Maybe we'll just turn in our resignations together. <laughs> how how was his birthday bash? I I only got to see him a little bit. Did he? Uh, it, oh, it was good. Yeah, did he, he drive. Went, he went out late. We we did a few things for him on Bourbon Street that I can't you know share publicly, and um, and then the best thing was. We played an. Did you see the April Fool's joke we played on him? No. The tweet. No. We, we had. Uh, we wrote out a press release saying that he sold the company for six million. So he got like thirty texts. I still am getting him. People still. Gottlieb. <laughs> Gottlieb made an appearance on the show in person, and before he made the appearance, he's like, "Can I get a little bit of that money? You know, for show, for for making an appearance today." And he comes on the show. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, congrats. I'm like, Doug, like, man, it's April <laughs> Fools. We did it late enough in the day on April Fools that I think people forgot and uh, and fell for it. So you can't uh, you can't be that guy that does it like 8 a.m. because everybody is hyper aware to it. But you wait until 5:30, 6 at night, and it was all perfect. of a sudden, couldn't have worked out. Buddy. Couldn't have worked That's out. Better. Just like uh, for Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks, could not have worked out better this year. You know uh, everything that that they've gone through the last few years, right? Like we've talked about this on the pod, how their recruitment uh, and the recruiting overall has certainly taken a hit these last four or five years with the NCAA investigation. You know, they're, they're taking guys, honestly, I'm not sure Ochai Baji would be there if it weren't for the NCAA investigation. He was a guy ranked 350. 
when, when I asked Bill why he took him, he said, because he's a great kid and he wants to be here. You know, yeah. normally that spot would go to a top 50 player. And sure. instead they're taking Dewan Harris. And, and these guys were the game changers. And again, we've talked about it. Veterans, experience, yet another team that we can put down there as a national championship team over the last six years. Villanova, Virginia, North Carolina, Baylor, and now Kansas that won with experience. Does this test your theory about great point guard play, though? Not Remy Martin is good, but they do not have Dewan Harris is definitely not great. He plays his role well. He defends. He, but it does a little bit. It does because yeah, I, I, you, you know how big I am. I'm, like I don't think the point guard play was bad, but it wasn't elite, right? You look right. at it, and you're going to look at those two point guards. From the, now, they had two of them. That was the benefit. They had two. And, and I really believe, and I don't know if you did also, Dewan Harris might have been the key to this, this, this championship win because if he doesn't come out and do what he did on the defensive end out of halftime, I don't know if they win this game. They needed to get it down quick, get yeah. momentum, and they did, and it was him on the defensive end. No doubt. No doubt. And, and, and let's say this, Remy Martin did have a stretch in the NCAA tournament where he was playing at an elite level. Yes. If you saw him in Chicago, if you saw him in Fort Worth, he was second he half was of the championship game. He made those. And he, and he made, and he made big plays. Yes, right. He made, he made big plays, but you're right. The, the defense on Carolina's guards were both really good. Caleb Love and RJ Davis, what they shoot 41 times. They were, <laughs> they were not good in the second half. Yeah. And Caleb Love coming out of the break made some bonehead shots. But you know what? His, his decision-making, I thought, it's awful. end of the season was really yeah. bad. You yep. saw him in Fort Worth. Yep. It was pretty Better. good. Better. I think you, And in the second weekend as well, Philadelphia, pretty good. Now, he was also making some really tough shots, um, which can always be a cover for, hey, I'm, I take a bad one, but I make it. You know, And all of a sudden, it becomes a good shot because it went in. Um, yeah, it was it was a crazy game. I, I will say, after I saw Kansas beat Miami the way they did in the second half in Chicago, I thought they were going to win the whole thing. Yeah, me too. Me too. I really did. Yep. Um, they, they just had the balance. They had experience. With Remy looking like Remy again, you had Bill Self, arguably the best coach in, in, in the country. There wasn't any – once they got Remy back, you know, we've said it all year, Gonzaga had the fewest weaknesses – I think mean, Kansas probably had the fewest weaknesses once they got Remy back, and then David McCormick got his kind of – and he looked healthy this week. That, no, agreed. But right? he's got to be the most up-and-down good player ever. that I have ever, ever seen. Ever. I mean, he's third-team on Big 12 this year. He got off to a terrible start. He finished conference play pretty strong. There In Chicago, I mean, he was really bad. In the game against Providence, really and he looked him. hurt, didn't he? When and, you were watching him run, yes. Rob, aren't you saying to yourself, like, he looks hurt? He doesn't yes. look right. Agreed, agreed. But then, first half against Miami continues on bad, yep. and it's like at halftime, flip a switch, right. and he's good. Um, <laughs> like yeah. He dominated the game against Miami in the second half, and, and then you know at the Final Four, I, I, I'm still a little confused at how he's not the most outstanding player. Um, somebody stuffed the ballot box, actually. Yeah. They, they, they actually send it out to all of us. I don't know how many voters there were, but whoever the hell voted for Ochai. Do you, do you vote? Yeah, I voted for, obviously, I voted for McCormick. It's crazy. I can't even get a crazy. vote out here. Well, people know you're, you're too busy at the three-on-three, three, you know. That, that, 
you want to watch the game. You showed up though. You you showed up. You took your seat Saturday night. We got your credential. You were courtside. Thank, thank you to the field of sixty eight for putting me in a seat that would cost forty five hundred dollars if it was probably did right. Yourself. Probably yeah. was worth that. It was worth a lot of money. That that's and to see that game too. Oh. Um, just the atmosphere. Sometimes those final four games <clears throat> can be. Like they're decent crowds, but you could also be sitting in there and be like, "Am I really at a college basketball game?" Compared to yeah. what you see at times at certain places throughout the year, man, it, you could. T- it, it felt like it was half Carolina, half two, and it was an it was an incredible environment. It, it really was to see that. And I will say, watching Coach K walk off the floor, it just hit me that holy shit, this guy's been the coach since before I was even born. And before people that were like 40 years old were even born. And I was like, John Shire, who I've known since high school and played against a million times, is the freaking head coach at Duke. And look at you. And look at you. You're doing a podcast with me. I do podcasts with some piece of shit like you. It's amazing. It it is literally amazing. Amazing. That is is incredible that he is the head coach at Duke now. That's all I could think of as I was watching him walk off the floor was, damn, John is the coach there. It's, it's, yeah, for you and I, for people that, again, like have known him, have watched him. I mean, I've known him since, since I've known you, you know, Um, and it is, it's definitely weird to have Shire follow because that's just a position when you thought about it, you were like, all right, we're going to have an established head coach that is super successful that follows coach K. Yeah. And, and that hasn't, listen, a lot of these places that hasn't been the case now, the Carolina, wasn't like we had a super successful Hubert just moved the seat over. And my big question to you on Hubert. All right. So I can't stop thinking. And, and now I've fallen in love with Hubert Davis, the person I have fallen in love with him. I don't know if I talked to you about this, but he came up to me after the press conference on Thursday. And, you know, when Hubert got hired, I said, like, I would have hired Wes Miller. I would have at that time. I just felt like he'd been a head coach, grinder. And then Hubert's staff, I was like, eh, I'm not loving it. Jeff Lebo, we, we've talked a little bit about that. And, and then for 90% of the year, like they didn't do what we expected him to do. So I really thought he was going to not, maybe not come at me, but say like. Hey, good know, call, I, asshole. <laughs> I just didn't know. I don't really know him. You know, I talked to him a couple of times and he's been great, but I just didn't know what to expect. And his SID put, you know, said, Hubert wants to talk to you. So I go over there and he looks at me and he's like, Hey, I just want to thank you. <clears throat> like, huh? He's like, yeah, I just want to thank you for calling us soft back in November. Uh, and it was after Mohegan sun where they got, they, they fought Purdue hard. And but then it was against Tennessee. By, by Tennessee, Tennessee, it was an embarrassment. And uh, I guess he played it before at least one game. Um, to try to motivate him. And, and he said, like, you were right. You are right. We were soft. And and I give him credit for turning this season around and getting them to play. It wasn't just they were soft. They were, like, hard to watch. They were disengaged. They didn't show defensively, any emotion. Defensively, they were terrible at Mohegan Terrible. No communication. Just looked like they didn't like playing with one another. And uh, that's where I think I give Hubert Davis the most credit is – that's hard to do. I know they were a, a new team. I know it was a new coach. I know it was a new system. Well, back then it was probably more of the old system. 
with secondary break and, you know, you're trying to play manic in the post and he changed a lot. So I get it. But a lot of teams, even new teams, and there are a lot of new teams this year. And there are a lot of new teams with new systems this year, but he was able to push the right buttons to get these guys going at the right time. And man, that guy is just, he, he is fun to listen to. He's fun to watch on the sidelines because, man, does he show emotion, doesn't he? Yeah, he's like a player while yes. coaching, yes. <laughs> which makes sense. You know, he was a really good player. Just super positive. And, he, and he seems like, to me, from the, the outside looking in, and we had him in Fort Worth, I would say he cares about his players at the highest level. And, the highest. and not that other coaches don't, yeah. but I yeah. I think you can really tell that those kids love playing for Hubert Davis. Yep. Um, I've never heard a bad word about him. I mean, everybody that I've talked to, whether it's, you know, former colleagues at ESPN or agents or other coaches, yep. no one has a bad word to say about him. And then you deal no with him and you, you like we interviewed him in Fort Worth and he's just great. Um, I, you're right about changing Brady Manic and basically playing four around Armando Baycott. I think Manic's going to play in the league. I, I really yeah. think he's going to play in the league and I think he's going to be pretty good. He's six, nine or six, 10. He can shoot it at a clip. At the NBA level, at, and at quick 40, release at forty plus percent, I have yeah. no doubt. Defensively, he's not amazing, but I don't think he's a decent athlete for his size too. He, maybe Listen, he doesn't look the part there. Grant Williams, I'll give you this, Rob. Grant Williams, totally yeah, different yeah. players, but yeah, like yeah. Grant Williams has made it in the league, and he's actually become a good shooter. Brady Manick's already a really good shooter. Grant's not great defensively. Why? Why can't Brady Manick be Ryan Anderson? Totally can. Totally can. I, yep. I think he's a that'd be a great yep. comparison. I think he gets drafted. Six, nine, six, ten. I do too. I think he goes in the 30s, in fact. I would say Brady Manic. There's a premium on what he does well. His, his skill set translates to what totally. teams need. Stretch yep. the floor. Yep. No, I, I would agree with you hundred percent. And and he showed, you know, obviously he got punked on the last possession, but McCormick's bigger, stronger. But he showed he's not. At least he's not soft. Because the play, the play was for him throwing it over yeah. the top. It was right. the Brad Stevens deal where they yeah. throw it to their side. Um, I mean, I don't know if punk is the right word. Like no, by McCormick in the first. Like oh, on the yeah, but right. That's, that's what I'm saying. He got punked there. Like you're not going to Brady Manic on David McCormick deep. No, I mean he I mean, he had need, deep position. You need you need Baycott there, right. and, and we need to talk about Baycott as well. That dude is a warrior yeah, and he he's is. just the way he's played all year yep. and probably not got, he should have been ACC player of the year. There's no doubt about that. Yep. Yep. Um, he's a rebounding machine. I, I will say, I saw a lot on Twitter about how the floor like failed. The floor moves when people like land on it, like yep. you can see it give and people yep. were talking about how that caused his injury. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I, somebody showed it to me yesterday in the airport. But when you uh, watch people jump off those floors, the floors give. It's not like a concrete right. deal where they don't go. Like, I don't know. I, I just thought that that's kind of the norm for when you take a hard step on a floor like that, it's raised. And But does it give Does it give because it's a court that is uh, installed in, in an arena like this? Like, is it just those so or is it every, every, every NBA arena where yeah. they have a, an event floor right. for like concerts and then they lay a court on top, yeah. the floor is going to do that. Even on floors that aren't like that, you can see when guys jump, yeah. the floor like gives like that. It's not unusual to see that. 
Because, yeah, it became a huge deal. And I'm like, I, really? I don't think that that's why he sprained his ankle. I really I don't. don't. I think that happens on every floor at that level. Any yeah, floor and obviously, any he year, already had an injury. He already had right, an injury. Right, right, right. But, I, but I, from watching him play, he is a joy to watch rebound because he pursues the ball. In a and also way. a joy to watch talk to because uh, that dude is about as honest, you know, like – to me, part of the fun of, of this year as opposed to last year. Last year, we didn't get a chance to interact in person. No access to the players, right? Right. And Scott Drew talks about that all the time. Like, that's that's one thing his players missed out on, that experience, right? The, the atmosphere of the media, of being able to walk around Indy last year. Not that, again, you didn't see a lot of players Let's have know, to, gallivanting. The, the most it's, fun thing about it is, like, think about the – we were watching as we left the – the stadium on Saturday night, all those buses coming by and there's people yeah. everywhere. And just yes. to see that is amazing. I mean, there's 80,000 people in that place and you miss out on that last year with Baylor for sure. I mean, even last, last you know, two nights ago now, yeah, two nights ago, feels like last night. Damn. You know, I'm on, on Bourbon street and somebody said, yeah, like, I'm not going to say who it was, but Kansas player just going into that, that bar and drinking and, and having fun. Like it was over, like, enjoy it. Yeah, totally. totally. Enjoy it. New Orleans, listen, as you can tell from my voice, your voice, like New Orleans is a good it, – it is a great spot. It, it should be every four years. It's too good. Yes. Everything is local. You can walk. The food yeah. is amazing. If you yep. like seafood, that place is unbelievable for that. It's a fun time. The casino's right there. You know, it, It's a good place to have the final – and it's warm. It's 80 degrees. Yes. Like yes. Minneapolis is a good city. I don't if it's 10 degrees or 30 degrees, Can't I don't want to be there. No, no, I me, agree. Indianapolis me, should be like the Mason Dixon lineup. You cannot me, go north of, of Indianapolis. Here are my four. Here are my four. You don't need to have it any any other city than these four. New Orleans, Indy, San Antonio, Las Vegas. Rotate it those four every four. That's it. See, We're I gone. don't hate Phoenix, but I do think right the out. drive to the stadium sucks. Right. It's too but spread out. The city is good but the, the problem rob rob the problem you is you can't walk you gotta drive the downtown area too many people are in scottsdale some in downtown then you got to go out to the arena no, it's I too agree. spread out but i do like the weather aspect of phoenix sure but the weather aspect's good in san antonio vegas and new orleans no, no, no. i agree i agree and in vegas it's going to be in vegas at some point yeah they, they got they got a region they got a regional next year right they do, and, and I was talking to Dan Gavitt about that, and uh, it was interesting. He, he said, basically, they, they didn't want to do the first and second round the first time in Vegas because of all the potential, the, the gambling aspect, right? First and second round. Well, you're difference? just coming out the conference tournaments. I think it was smarter to do this. Fewer teams you there. Could, you could gamble on. <laughs> I know, but you got the players there, and if you have – the more players that, that are there and, and with gambling right there, the more opportunity there is to get to those players. I think that's what he was hinting at. Try to think there's opportunities to get to the players. I know on every college I campus. I, I know I, you're right. I understand what you're saying, but I think that with the way it is today, yep. the risk of being in Vegas is minimal compared right. to you what can do it anywhere. Daily. Right. You could be in Boston. Gambling. Yeah. You could be in Boston and, you know, or New York yep. City or wherever your college campus is, you know, like um, I, I will say going back to Kansas really quick. Yeah. 
the kids that they have on that team, they have great kids to, to interview and to, and to talk to and deal with. Like Ochai Abaji is as good as any kid as you're going to ever talk to in this whole deal. He's like the nicest kid in the world, isn't he? No, he's amazing. He, he's a great interview. He smart. You can tell he loves being at Kansas. Um, yeah. David McCormick, we interviewed him after the Chicago game. He was great. Um, you know, yeah, Christian they, Brown. They, yeah, they have a they have a really good Christian group Brown's got some shit to him, doesn't he? No, he talks on the more court? trash. He might talk more trash than anybody on the team. No, he does. It's not even close. <laughs> yeah, not even close. I think yeah, I think Harris so is great. Um, Lightfoot's awesome to talk yep. to. Jalen Wilson was good. We yep. interviewed him. They're Honestly, all good. Their, their whole team is is a good interview, and that's definitely not the case with with everybody that you you see. Right. No question. No question. Um, Coach K. I don't know if you had a chance. Did you watch the the, the post game with him at all after? Um, no, we were walking back, so I didn't see it. So he didn't he didn't really go anywhere with with. I was the first one to ask him a question, and I asked him, "What were your emotions like walking where, out?" Where, hold on, was your line of questioning better this time than it was in Durham? <laughs> what was my said, Durham one? You said you asked like a double question, and like it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one was very simple to the point. And it was basically, Mike, what, what were your emotions like walking off the court? And he wouldn't go there. He said, this isn't about me. It's all about my players, which is fine. I get it. But we want to know, and the world wants it. It wasn't all about the players. It was about you. It was about overall. So give us something. And he really didn't go there at all. He had probably already poured out some emotions in the locker room and then with his family after, before he walked down to media and try to get it all out of his system there. And he was trying to do the right thing, right? My players are the ones who lost the game. They're young. I'm going to help them handle it. But we still kind of wanted to know the human element of what are you thinking right now? Your career is over. What are you thinking in a game like this losing? And he handled himself very well, but think about like the, the, he had just lost three weeks earlier at home in his final home game to Carolina. Then he loses again with a chance to go to the national title game to Carolina, yeah. their, their, their biggest rival. Like, what are you thinking? He's probably thinking I'm coming back next year. <laughs> like, well, sorry, one more year. I saw that report. Is there any? Uh, I don't think so, but I heard rumblings for a, for, for a couple of weeks now that – Really? Rumblings. Just rumblings. So I never reported As, as an assistant or as like one no, more as year? No, as a head co- One more, like another year as a head coach. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yes. Dude, that, would be been, the ult- that would be the ultimate okie doke right there. It's been, I mean, well, that would be, Tom, that would Tom be Brady so did it. No, I know, but that would be really unfair to John. Who's Why? Who's gearing up. I guess, but like John owes everything 2K anyway. If I, it's one I'm more year. Saying, no doubt, but like we had this whole retirement deal, and then it's like, I know, I know. So, psych. Like, no, you can't do that. I, I, listen, you can. I mean, people have done it before. I don't think I, it's going to happen. I'm just saying, did he have second the, thoughts? What's the reasoning for it? Like, he just decided he's not ready to retire. Well, and, and maybe there was a little bit of pressure on him, put on him by his family this year before he made the decision. Maybe he was like, okay, yeah, I, I want to do it. I'm not sure. And, and, and maybe his family was like, all right, you know what? Now's the time. Enjoy retirement. And it sounded like a good idea. 
And maybe as you get closer to it, you're thinking like, I, I still love this and I'm healthy in mind and body. And you're watching your boy, Jim Beheim, who's older than you keep doing it. You're like, all right, I, I got, we, well, we got Duke players. Is, Duke is winning. <laughs> like, yeah. Duke like I, I was just in the final four. This was fun. This group was fun. I got to the final four I, again. I don't think he's coming back, but I'm sure it's not an easy decision because all oh, these guys, the reason when they go almost all of them is okay. Either you get fired, right. As a head coach, you get fired or health like Jim Calhoun. I still believe would still be coaching today as a head coach at UConn if health didn't interfere, right? right. Remember, he, he had health issues. He had to step away. Then Kevin Ollie takes over, and, and that was it at that point. You know, Bayheim's still healthy. Lute Olson, the only reason he stopped was, was because of health. I, I feel like that's the case, and Kay looks pretty damn good to me. Yeah. Are, are you surprised that Duke did not – retain nolan smith i i know his dad played at louisville okay right but duke has money they do but they're not yeah i, I think from what i was told she's good he was the lead recruiter on all those kids that are coming next year right i don't know if that's the case i don't i don't right. think he was a lead recruiter but i think he was involved he's only been there on the on the road for i think a little over a year now. he was dobo before yeah okay yeah so He's only now he was on the road a little bit because Kay didn't go out. So like two summers ago or three summers ago, he was out. I, and I think the world of Nolan, I think he's going to be no, a star. Yeah. But, but I also just thought that him and John were super good friends. And they so are. Was, and they right, are. So I was surprised that. But he and Kenny Payne are super close. Oh, okay. He and Kenny Payne are super close. Dad went to Louisville, more money. And I think Duke was like, you know what? What have you really done? Yeah, you've only been on the road for a year, year and a half. I, you know, and that's a tough one. You leave there. I don't know how the family, the brotherhood, man. I don't know how they're going to treat you now. Yeah, I mean, if, if the opportunity is better, a different place. How can you blame a guy? Nolan Smith's <laughs> dad, by the way, was yeah. like the nicest guy I've ever met. I interviewed. How about this? I was like sixteen years old. I remember this vividly. And uh, I interviewed Derek Smith in the, um, at the, the, the Copley Marriott upstairs. We had lunch. He paid, I'm 16 years old. This dude spent an hour plus with me. I mean, I'm telling you the nicest dude ever. He died when he was young of, of I think a heart attack when he was, I want to say like 40 years old or thereabouts, but man, and, and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because Nolan is, awesome and i think yeah. he is going to be a star and if i'm john calipari i'm a little bit worried now because and i i think kenny payne's going to hire um milt wagner in some capacity and oh by the way milt wagner is the grandfather of the number one player in the country right now yeah right so i i think that might make it <laughs> a little bit difficult for john calipari to get dj wagner to lexington which everybody thought was going to happen a year from now. Now, I would assume if that happens, he'll go play for his grandfather uh, in, in, in at Louisville. Sure. No, I just I was surprised because of their relationship and and Nolan's relationship to Duke. But yeah, that's crazy. Any any other surprises on the recent and, and most of the hirings already happened. To be honest, yeah, 
we went through them. You 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 just crushed some people in your grades. I mean, no, people I still, didn't. C's aren't even that still bad. talking about this. Are they? They're saying, man, Week later, a tough grader. They're like, damn, I didn't know Hummel was such an asshole. I was surprised that Thad Monic came back to Butler. Oh yeah, we haven't talked about that. Yeah, let's talk the, about that. The timing that you tweeted about and got in Twitter wars with people about seemed pretty terrible. If if uh, Lavelle was not informed. Which well, I don't know. He had an idea, obviously, that, that a move was going to be made. The buyout dropped on April 1st. And my take on this is, if you're Barry Collier, why aren't you just going to Laval and saying, hey, listen, going to make a move on you April 1st. All right? Let's just figure something out now so that you and your staff have a chance. Like, you know, I don't know if Laval was, gets was that it. Com- was that conversation had? I'm told it was not had. Then that's, then that's BS. Right. And that's why I've called out Barry Collier. And I don't give a shit. You know me. I, well, no, I don't. That's, that's fair. If that conversation wasn't had, then that that is unfair. Because it always it takes the simple, hey, we're going to do this. Yep. You yep. can either wait, and it hurts you and your staff, or right. you know, we can figure this out. What do you think um, about the? So I'm I'm a huge fan of that Mata. Yes. That Mata is like the only guy ever. How about this? The only coach I've ever sought out to actually introduce myself to was Thad Mata. And it was back when he was recruiting Odin and Conley in down in Arkansas at an event. And I, I went up and introduced. What was that tournament called down there? The real deal on the hill. Real deal on the hill. Yeah. yeah, Real deal. Right. Real deal on the hill. Yeah. yeah. That and Bob Givens are two that I always wanted to play in, but we were Nikes. We didn't. So Thad in his heyday was a killer on the recruiting trail. Now they had a ton of good players in the area too, in, in, in Ohio, when he was at Ohio state that helped, but Con- man, Conley and Odin are from Indiana. I mean, yeah. In the Midwest, I'm sorry, but they had Daquan cook was from Ohio. Cook, Aaron Pogue. Yeah. Kufus. Coast was Ohio. Right. So they had some dudes too. William Buford, Ohio, dealer, Ohio. Uh, Who was the big dude? The big, the, the seven footer. BJ Mullins. Yeah. Yep. I can't had some screen. guys. I came off a screen. <laughs> In a game, we were playing them my sophomore year, and I was behind. I was chasing John Diebler, and I was not great at chasing. I was because I was used to playing the four, like you know, to do that. And they would go small, so I would guard either John or David Lighty. <laughs> I'm chasing Diebler, and I was late, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna run into BJ as hard as I can, and, <laughs> and I do. And they they give us an off a moving screen offensive foul, and BJ Mullins looks at me and goes, "If you ever do that again, I will effing kill you." <laughs> <laughs> just like, I was like, okay, that is a little intense. Settle down, uh, settle down, BJ. Yeah. Settle so that's down. What I always, whenever I think of BJ Mullins, that's what I, that's what yeah, I think he, of him saying to me. <laughs> an absolute no. He, all I'm saying is, so Thad, old, not old Thad, because young Thad was, was a killer and nobody wanted to see him in the recruiting trail. But at the end of it, remember, he had surgery, he had back surgery, it, it, resulted in drop foot and he just didn't have anything left in him i saw him uh i saw him indiana played at minnesota we did the game and he looked great he does yes yes i remember seeing him you remember we saw him last year at hinkle i took the picture of him how how prophetic right pretty (laughs) much think about that but but here's the deal with the butler job he lives like across the street like oh, it's really? right down the street from Butler. One of his kids went to Butler. I, I don't, I think definitely one daughter went to yeah. Butler. Right? And, you know, he, he spent this year like not working at Indiana, 
for Woodson. But what I was told was his opinion wasn't valued that much. He was making good money. Um, when we were there, he was kind of sitting in the corner taking notes. But I don't think he had a lot of input from Woodson. So I'm sure for him, he felt like, all right, this is the time. If I don't do it now, this job fits me. Butler. Right. You know, Butler, like Notre Dame, were the two that I thought maybe he would come back for, and that was about it. He's been caught every year. I mean, he could have had Georgia, could have had San Diego. Like, he, listen, the guy's a hell of a coach. San Diego would be a tough one to turn down. I know. I, I couldn't believe he did, honestly. <laughs> to live out there. Like a million a year at San Diego. That that was the one a few years ago that I, I, I was surprised he didn't take because he loves the be- – like, I guess it, it would be kind of out of his recruiting footprint, though. Yeah, no doubt. No, this – like this one's perfect for him. He'll probably bring the band back together. He already brought. He's bringing in Kevin Kuick, who who worked for him at Ohio State. I wouldn't be surprised if Dave Dickerson, who's the head coach at USC Upstate, and recently lost his wife, if he rejoins him at, at Butler. But listen, I, I'm I'm all about rooting for Thad. I just wonder if he's got enough left in the tank to want that. That's not an easy job in in the Big East with the commitment. That That's right. you hear about from the school compared to what other biggie schools are. Yeah, there's a reason why Barry Collier waited till the, the buyout dropped because financially that school doesn't have what's what Xavier has or what Villanova has or some of these other schools. But again, the, the beauty for Thad now is you can do it a lot through the portal. And I and I think that was the hardest part for him was the the, the flying the grind of recruiting at the end. Right. Now, again, he says he's healthier. He looks great. He does. Um, you know, so I, I, I like the hire. I thought, I thought the way they might go about it, and it would have been hard for Barry Collier, but was to bring on like a Ron Norad with him, with that as the special assistant to the head coach. But think about would, it. You, would Thad Mata be interested in, in being the special assistant to the head coach? Well, he was with Woodson for four, for like four hundred grand doing nothing. So at least this it wouldn't pay the same, but he'd have actual input this time. No, I know, but I would think that I, I thought he did that with Indiana because he didn't necessarily. I don't know. I I just I would think he would only go back to be the head coach. Is what I'm saying. I think he liked. I think this allowed him to last year to to figure out whether he wanted to coach again, yeah. right? Like. You know, we go to Bloomington. He had a place there, stay there a couple nights, come back. To, like, it was like the best of both worlds. Now you can't do that. You, you got to no, be on 24 like, 7. Yeah. He was a coach certain days and not others. Right. That's pretty <laughs> so, good. Yeah. Um, what do you got now? What do you, what, what's the, the world of Robbie Hummel now that you have absolutely grinded it all year, worn yourself out? It was at a level you've never worked before by far. I mean, this was like real life work. The first year of hard work in my life, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, since a Matt Painter, like back-to-back practices, I don't think you've ever you've ever been so tired. I I agree with that. The the travel was the hardest part. Yeah. There was a lot of six a.m. flights and like go right to a place, check into a hotel, change, and do a game. That was hard. So all right. So can I? We'll get back to that. But using that as hearing that. What about referees, Rob? Oh, you now have a new appreciation for what yeah. they do and how, honestly, this shouldn't be the case when they go no. from city. Because you're going – most of your travel is Midwest City to Midwest City, whether it's 
driving, maybe flying, but a short flight, and then getting up and doing a game, and you're not running up and down the court. Do you do you think something needs to be done about these officials working constantly 10 straight days, 12 straight days, even six straight days? Yes, but I don't know if we have the, a number of good officials to make it to where it's not, you know? I, I think that there is definitely a group of really good refs, but I think that if you start limiting some of the better guys, I don't think that we have a pool deep enough of, of yeah. good refs to do it. I think that already we see some refs where you're like, I mean, yeah. really? There's yeah. some guys that were refing NCAA tournament games where I'm looking at and I'm like, this guy has screwed up so many freaking games this year. How is he refing this game? I, know. I thought that multiple times during conference tournaments yeah. and NCAA tournament play where I'm like, I've watched this dude and I've watched him butcher games. And yep. he's out here in this in good games, you know. I so I think that that's the problem. Yeah, there is a real shortfall of good officials. Yeah, they got to be trained better. Start capping it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying cap it. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying what I don't like is uh, are these refs going all over the country, zip zipping from Midwest to West back or to Midwest to South, back to West. But I would no, say I understand. keep them, keep them in a region so that they can only get in. A, they got to get into a car. They can sleep in the night before. They don't have to get up at five o'clock in the morning to catch a flight. It's more of, hey, you sleep in, get up, drive two hours and you're there. I mean, there there was a good a good official who we were doing a game at Nebraska and I flew out of Omaha the next morning at like 6 a.m. And he was he had done the game the night before. And he was on my flight and he was flying to West Virginia. <laughs> so right. think about it. 6 a.m. flight out of Omaha. We got into O'Hare at probably 7.15. He had a layover. He has to fly to Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, so that probably puts him there around, what, 9 plus the layover. Now you have an hour and 15-minute drive to Morgantown. So I guess he could take a nap and whatnot. Right. But still, that's not an easy – it's not like he's flying to Chicago to do a game at Northwestern. You know, And like, that's my that's, point. That's my point is why can't we give that game, that West Virginia game to somebody who was in Pittsburgh the previous night? Yeah, no, I, that's what I would say. And that's where we need something to be done. So, all yeah, right. I, so I, what, what do you have going, going on now? You're going to, you're going to go to the beach in, in, in California. You're just going to hang yeah, out, right? I'll go to LA, um, play some golf, go to the beach, figure out, I, I'm not sure what, you know, the 2K thing, maybe, Summer League, maybe, TBT, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Are you, is not, your, your three-on-three career, is it back? No, I'm going to I'm gonna play. Not on the national team stuff, but I'm going to play. Um, I'm playing basketball tonight. First time. And there's a, so there's a great run about a mile from my house. And on any given night, you could have three or four NBA guys playing. It's a little community center and, and like, uh, it's on the edge of Lincoln Park or Lakeview, maybe, or maybe it's even like Bucktown. Um, but it's less than a mile from where I live, and it's a high school court. But you could have Sean Marion out there, you could have Brian Bracey out there. I played, there's a lot of guys that played at Princeton, Dayton. I mean, like Luke Fabrizius plays from Dayton. Um, so you're just trying to get back in shape now. Yeah, yeah, I've actually been really good about working out the last two weeks. I'm back. You're back. Oh, no. 
We never did our, our, our vertical test. The only time we could have yeah, done it. Yeah, you were too was, drunk. You were too drunk the whole time. I was trying to do it. but At the Intersport party. party. We should have done it at the Intersport party. <laughs> Who can touch the ceiling? That would have been great. People would have been watching us as we're, 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 like, we're using is, our – What yeah. is the matter with these guys? Right, these idiots. These did you idiots. bowl at the Intersport party? No. I heard you did, but then you, you denied it. I didn't bowl. I, I was sitting in a lane talking to my partner from my from 3x3U, but no, I wasn't. Why didn't you bowl? I don't I don't know. I I didn't want to. Farnham usually bowls. I don't know if he did, but yeah, I'm well, I've seen Farnham bowl at the uh the ESPN. Right. Is the he, any good is he, is yeah, he he's bad? Good. No, he's good. He's a good bowler. Yeah, that was the inner sport was probably the you know, the for those people that 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 here the the you know pump party, the lore of the pump party. Um, Wade Mason, um, he teamed with the, the pumps to do this one, and man, it's as you get older, the pump party can kind of eat you up a little bit. You know, it's you can't move in there. It's fun. It is fun. That was just down the street from the Intersport one, right? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't fun. Yeah. I will Excuse say the Intersport party was really fun. I, I saw so many people there that I yep. didn't even think I would see this weekend and you you end up seeing it. You know what I mean? Like that there's so that many great. people that you've come across yeah. from I hadn't seen Farnham. I hadn't seen Farnham in years. Yeah. So right. seeing him was great. Dallin Cuff, I never see. I think he's a friggin' stud. I think he is a rising star. I don't know of anybody else who could do he and Jordan Cornette have blown me away because not only can they do a great job being an analyst, but to be able to go, and I've tried to do it, and I suck at it, you know that better than anybody, to go from trying to be like an analyst or whatever to being host, a host. Hosting is hard. Those guys, the ability to host is pretty crazy. That, and I love a, having them in as hosts for the halftime segments because I think not to take away, like I think Kevin Connors is freaking fantastic. Stud. Kevin yeah, Kevin Nagandi are fantastic. Yeah. But they're not – Kevin might be. I, I Both Kevins. They might be. But there's a lot of people they put in those roles that don't know what the hell they're talking about. I was going to say, about. Kevin Connors is pretty active with the mid-major stuff. And yes. I, I think he really knows what's going on. And Nagandi will always call me throughout the year. And, and hey, what – you know, like if he's interviewing somebody on sports center, he'll call and we'll spend a half an hour talking through some stuff. And yeah. so he works at it. He works at it, but he's coming straight from college football. That's hard. I, to I do. will say it is a cool aspect that they can have some guys who are covering the sport also host. I think that is cool. That is the hardest part for me. And I don't watch a lot of it now. I, I'm obviously we're, we're, I'm running around throughout the NCAA tournament, but I, I've said this over and over and I know you got to be politically correct on this one, but you know, nobody loves Charles Barkley more than me. Nobody. The dude, years ago, it, probably the coolest moment of my frigging career was I walk into a party in Indy in the back, like it's him, Tony Romo, other people, and he literally comes up and introduces himself to me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa huh? So, like, I love Barkley. Every time he sees me, he'll wave, he'll talk, whatever. Um, but I have a hard time watching him and Kenny Smith and, some of these other people do games that haven't really covered the sport all year. I just, now again, the general fan probably doesn't know the difference, but the true college basketball fan knows you've done how many games you think you did this year? 
I counted. I did 80 games. That counts some bulls, but I did 80 games this year. 80 games. That's insane. Plus 15 studio for Big Ten Network. Yeah, it was a lot. The most games, I think think there was one season, believe it or not, I went to 120 games. That's amazing. That's like a game every night. Hundred and well, you're doing a lot of you know, oh, you, you got a lot of MTEs, like yes, the, yeah, you were in. The- I would do multiple MTEs, fly around, not have an off day when it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I might do like Charleston tomorrow. I guess and that's true. Out. You could, you could rep out two or three events at Thanksgiving where you see like 30 games and the week before Thanksgiving. You could do both, right, and that's right. what I would do. I would do the week before, do one MTE. The week of one empty, you then, obviously then you, get, do, you get a site for the first round, yeah. first and second round. So that gives you. I would bounce four, back and forth. Days. I bounce back and forth, do four, four, two, two. Oh, so right, right there, right. you got twelve. That's the only way you can do it. You can't. Yeah, yeah. You you got to have those instead of the the one offs aren't going to get you to over a hundred really. Right. You right. you have to do MTEs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just feel like you're you're honestly you're selling us short. The true college basketball fans. You're selling short by putting on the Barclays, the Kenny Smiths, the Reggie Millers, even the Grand Hills. Like, how many games is Grand Hill watching? I'd rather – I want to hear Clark Kellogg. I want Clark Kellogg there with, with Jim Nance and, and Bill Raftery. I do. Think about think about who's doing the, uh, the radio. I mean, you've got – I don't know how many games Coach Carlissimo does college-wise. but he, he does – but Clark is on the radio with Kugler and, and PJ. And then you've got Jay doing um, the international broadcast of right. the game. You know, like, right. so, and I bet Billis has watched, fuck, like how many games has he watched? A so million saying, this you, year. Like, to me, you got to find a way. You got. I mean, I get it. ESPN's not going to let Jay go, probably, unless he's doing the actual game. Right, but, right. but why not come to some agreement to let – Jay Billis, who right now is is probably the highest profile guy in our sport, let him do that game with Raf and 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 agreed. Uh, I just think it's kind of a bummer that you see these guys, like you see Jay and Fonz and and, and that crew all year. You know, yeah. you see them all, and then in the NCAA tournament, you never see those guys. Nope. Nope. And to me, that kind of stinks. But but I do also understand the flip side of like Charles Barkley is really entertaining. And him no, and he's Kenny the best. Bruce. No, no, I know. Now, I don't think you're not tuning in to listen to him give you a breakdown of why, you know, yep. why has Kansas been able to make this run after they looked like maybe they wouldn't. He's not going to tell you that. Nope. He'll make you laugh. He'll make fun of Kenny Smith when North Carolina is about to lose. Yes. Like, you know. And some of that is yeah, well worth it. Right. Agreed. And, and that's where that lies, I think. And that's how you have to look at it, too. Well, I still say Hummel for the tournament next year. That's my that's my big thing. As long as we don't lose you for the podcast. I, hey, if I do the tournament, I think I'm out of this. Yeah, then, well, then forget <laughs> it. I strike that. I strike that. Hummel. It depends. Hummel. If, if Doster steps up to the table and I start getting paid more than 20 bucks an episode, maybe I'll come back. Well, we'll see if we can get you to 25. All right, listen. Uh, for everybody, thanks uh, for tuning in this season. We will continue to have episodes over the course of the offseason. We'll plan it around uh, Robbie's golf game. Yes. Um, that'll be the biggest thing, obviously, and, and him gallivanting all over the country because I'm sure there'll be plenty of that again. But, you know, the good thing is we don't, we don't have to worry about your Olympic hopes this year. That's true. Or if they're going to be canceled or if our team will just play like shit. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. Now it's just it's playing pickup in Chicago. That's all we got to worry about. Your golf game and 
playing pickup. Let's hope, pick let's hope I, uh, I make a triumphant return tonight. We'll see. And if anybody's got any suggestions, anybody wants to hear from certain coaches in the offseason or has ideas for us to bring on people, uh, definitely let us know. But, again, thanks for joining us. Goodman and Hummel podcast. It's been uh, it's been a fun ride this year, Rob. I appreciate everything uh, that, that that you've been able to do. And um, it's cool. It's still cool for me because, again, Listen, we've known each other a long, long time. It's like 05. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a long time ago now. But when I when I didn't have gray hair. So getting old. Getting old. No, it's been it's been fun. I enjoy it. So all right. Well, listen, we'll, we'll be we'll be back. We will be back. We're not going anywhere. I'm not gonna cry, I promise. I promise. We'll see you soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.